Grace Birodatta Prabhu. We got to the birth of Lord Krishna and I remember we spoke about his having helmet and decorations and yellow garments and whatnot. And then I looked in the Krishna book, the next chapter after the birth is that Kangsa begins his persecutions. Um, there's a really dramatic scene in the beginning, you know, occurs before you get to Kangsa and his, you know, deliberations and whatnot about how um, Vasudev takes baby Krishna to Gokula. It's really a thrilling part for devotees to read. And I'm sure it's for people who are not really devotees, it's, it's an easy part to consider, as Prabhupada says, mythology or mythology. It's just a story. It didn't really happen. It couldn't happen like this. You know? Anyway, maybe all of us have read through that. It's still good to read it but so there's a short part about that and I thought I would read that then read <clears throat> about Kungsa beginning his persecutions which is the next chapter and if there's still time after that the first demon that's killed is Kutana mm -hmm. could continue on to that but. so we'll see by the way if you get bored with my reading we can pass the book around that's it technique to keep us from falling asleep. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. Start with Krishna speaking to uh, Devaki and Vasudev. He says, actually speaking to Devaki, he's told her that you know, this is not the first time I was born from your womb. It happened two other times. And uh, so you, you tried to raise me as your son um, times before with great love and affection. And Krishna says, I'm very pl much pleased and obliged to you. And I assure you that you that this time that you shall go back home, back to Godhead, on account of your perfection and your mission. Devaki and Vasudev perform these great austerities to get Krishna as their son. Do anybody remember exactly the details of that? I think Devaki. But like before that, they were. Uh, what? I saw something about Devaki perf performed austerities for ten thousand years. Like so, it was obviously a previous age, you know. Yeah, it's in here somewhere. So I don't remember all the details, but it's amazing to read about, you know. Really, if you don't get the details, I mean, it it just makes the whole thing so much more intense if you understand what all these people have done, what they've been through, and what all is actually going on in terms of the details. That's why we, you know, we study these things all year long, every day. And we get up and come to Mangalarti and we sing and we appreciate the 
spiritual master. And we try to chant Hare Krishna all year long. We don't just come to Janmashtami once a year. Like people in Christian religion, they go to Easter sometimes once a year to dress up. And the church is really crowded. And the people that are there every week, they get angry. You know, what is this? Where were they all year long? Why did they just come on Easter? <laughs> so this is our time to really, you know, appreciate all these things. And, and when we hear little details from the Krishna book, we can really appreciate because we've been practicing something, you know. We've actually been practicing something all year long, hearing Srila Prabhupada. So. Anyway, Krishna says to Devaki, there, um, I know you are very concerned about me and afraid of Kangsa. Therefore, I order you to take me immediately to Gokul and exchange me for the daughter who has just been born to Yashoda. Having spoken thus to his father and mother, the Lord turned himself into an ordinary child in their presence and remained silent. <laughs> he wasn't crying like a, a lady who had just spoken to them very in a very adult way <laughs> and he remained silent. Being ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva prepared to take his son from the delivery room. And exactly at that time, a daughter was born to Nanda and Yashoda. She was Yogamaya, the internal potency of the Lord. By the influence of this internal potency, Yogamaya, all the residents of Kungsa's palace, especially the doorkeepers, were overwhelmed with deep sleep. And all the palace doors opened, although they were barred and shackled with iron chains. The night was very dark, but as soon as Vasudeva took Krishna on his lap and went out, he could see everything just as in the sunlight. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is said that Krishna is just like sunlight and that wherever there is Krishna, the illusory energy, which is compared to darkness, cannot remain. When Vasudeva was carrying Krishna, the darkness of the night disappeared. All the prison doors automatically opened. At the same time, there was thunder in the sky and severe rainfall. While Vasudeva was carrying his son Krishna in the falling rain, anybody know what happened? To shield him from the rain, heavy rain? Huh? I don't even remember that myself. So all of you, so advanced. You know these details. While Vasudeva was carrying his son Krishna in the falling rain, Lord Shesha, in the shape of a serpent, spread his hood over the head of Vasudeva so that he would not be hampered by the rainfall. <laughs> Vasudeva came onto the bank of the Yamuna and saw that the water of the Yamuna was roaring with waves and that the whole span was full of foam. Still in that furious feature, the river gave passage to Vasudeva to cross just as the great Indian Ocean gave a path to Lord Rama when he was bridging over the gulf. In this way, Vasudeva crossed the river Yamuna. On the other side, he went to the palace of Nanda Maharaj, situated in Gokula, where he saw that all the cowherd men were fast asleep. He took the opportunity to silently enter the house of Yashoda and without difficulty exchanged his son for the baby girl newly born there. Then, after entering the house very silently and exchanging the boy for the girl, he returned to the prison of Kungsa and silently put the girl in the lap of Devaki, Devaki. 
he again clamped the shackles on himself so that Kung Su could not recognize that so many things had happened. <laughs> Mother Yashoda understood that a child had been born to her, but because she was very tired from the labor of childbirth, she fell fast asleep. When she awoke, she could not remember whether she had given birth to a male or female child. Anybody have any discussion about these things? or Keep reading. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the third chapter. So chapter 4, Kungsa begins his persecution. After Vasudeva adjusted things as they had been before he carried Krishna to Gokula, and all the doors and the gates became similarly closed, the gatekeepers awoke and heard the newborn child crying. Kangsa was waiting to hear the news of the child's birth, and the gatekeepers immediately approached him and informed him that the child was born. At that time, Kangsa got up from his bed very quickly and exclaimed, Now the cruel death of my life is born. Kungsa became perplexed now that his death was approaching and his hair scattered. Immediately he proceeded toward the place where the child was born. There's also some background to, to this for Kungsa because we, we might remember that um, when the child Krishna, the way it happened was he was, he said Krishna uh, entered the mind of Vasudeva in full opulence, in the, in the 10th canto to describe. And then he, he comes to the core of Vasudeva's heart. And from Vasudeva's heart, he goes into the, into the mind of Devaki. It's also said it transferred from the mind of Vasudeva to the mind of Devaki. So <clears throat> at that time, Mother Devaki becomes radiant and uh, says in the in the tenth canto, that was it described there. Well, she became like a fire in a, inside of a pot, inside of an iron pot, because she she illuminated the inside of this prison prison room. And Srila Prabhupada compares that to someone who has knowledge but cannot give it to the rest of the world. It's kind of interesting. So, but Kangsa sees his sister in that condition. He says, I've never seen her so beautiful and, and uh, she obviously has a supreme personality of Godhead in her, inside her. And, he said, and so he has a conversation with himself, what to do, what is my duty now? Because he, his impulse is to kill her now. He, he, you know, so he, um, he says, well, um, you can just see how Krishna is working with his in his heart. He's not ready for the baby to be killed yet. He has a lot of things, other things to do. So he inspires Kungsa. He has this conversation. Well, if I kill her now, she's a woman. She's my sister, and she's pregnant. So um, I will lose all my opulence, all my span of life and my reputation will be ruined. This is a person who does such a cruel thing as kill a, you know, his pregnant sister. Such an atrocity, 
atrocious thing happening, he will be considered like a dead man to, to people that come after him. Even though he's living, he'll be dead. And uh, so Kung says, says, better I wait until the, the baby is born. But it's described that afterwards, Kung Su can't do anything while he's sleeping, while he's eating, while he's doing his affairs. He's, you know, so upset by the idea that the child is there and he's not ready to do anything about it. He has to wait. So Srila Prabhupada points out that this is meditation on, on Krishna, Kung Su. You know, he's sleepless. And uh, so this is why we, we see that when, when he finally hears that, yes, this baby's born, he's crying in there. They come and tell him that he, the, the sound of the crying is in there. He jumps up from the bed and his head is off because for days he hasn't slept, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what this is. <coughs> now the cruel death of my life is born. Kungs became perplexed. Now that his death was approaching, his, his hair scattered. Devaki, on seeing her brother approaching, prayed in a very meek attitude to Kungsa. My dear brother, please do not kill this female child. I promise that this child will be the wife of your son. Therefore, don't kill her. You are not to be killed by any female child. The omen is that you are to be killed by a male child, so please do not kill her. My dear brother, you have killed so many of my children who were just born, shining like the sun. That is not your fault, he says. You have been advised by demoniac friends to kill my children. But now I beg you to excuse this girl at least. Let her live as my daughter. This is something interesting to think about too. I think is that, you know, these demoniac people, you read it in the story of Hiranyakashipu and other ones, they, they know who Vishnu is, the Supreme Personality of God, and they know the powers. But then they get away and they start thinking other things, and especially they get association from their demoniac people who encourage them other ways. No, you're actually the Supreme Person. You know, you, you have to do this, you have to. So they're going to encourage Kung to persecute so many people in, in, uh, in his kingdom kill all the children in the kingdom who have been recently born Kungsa was so cruel that he did not listen to the pitiful prayers of his sister Devaki he forcefully grabbed the newborn child to rebuke his sister and attempted to dash her on a stone mercilessly this is a graphic example of a cruel demon who can who could sacrifice all relationships for this sake of, a person, of personal gratification. But the child immediately slipped out of his hands, went up into the sky, and appeared with eight arms as the younger sister of Vishnu. She was decorated with nice garments and flower garlands and ornaments. In her eight hands she held a bow, lance, arrows, sword, conch shell, disc, club, and shield. Seeing the appearance of the child, who was actually the goddess Durga, all the demigods from different planets like Siddha Loka, Charna Loka, Gandharva Loka, Upsala Loka, Kinnara Loka, and Uraga Loka presented her with various articles and began to offer their respective prayers. 
From above, the goddess, the goddess addressed Kungsa. You rascal, how can you kill me? The child who will kill you is already born before me somewhere within this world. Don't be so cruel to your poor sister. After this appearance, Goddess Durga became known by various names in various parts of the world. After hearing these words, Kungsa became very much overwhelmed with fear. Out of pity, he immediately released Vasudeva and Devaki from the bondage of their shackles and very politely began to address them. He said, my dear sister and brother-in-law, I have acted just like a demon in killing my own nephews, your children, and thereby I have given up all consideration of our intimate relationship. I do not know what will be the result of these envious acts of mine. Probably I shall be sent to the hell where killers of brahmanas go. I'm surprised, however, that the celestial prophecy has not come true. It is not only in human society that false propaganda is found. Now it appears that even the celestial denizens speak lies. Because I believed in the words of the celestial denizens, I have committed so many sins by killing the children of my sister. It's throwing the blame some, on someone else. I have committed so many sins by killing the children of my sister, my dear Vasudeva and Devaki, you are both very great souls. I have no instructions to give you, but still I request that you not be sorry for the death of your children. <laughs> Rascal. <laughs> Every one of us is under the control of the superior power, and that superior power does not allow us to remain together. Boy, he's going to really try to lay it on, the philosophy. <laughs> Every one of us is under the control of superior power, and the superior power, power does not allow us to remain together. We are bound to be separated from our friends and relatives in due course of time. But we must know that for certain that even after the disappearance of the different material bodies, the soul remains intact eternally. Oh, he's preaching really good now. <laughs> For example, <laughs> for example, there are many pots made of earthly clay and they are prepared and also broken. But in spite of this, the earth remains as it is perpetually. Similarly, the bodies of the soul under different conditions are made and destroyed, but the spirit soul remains eternally. So there is nothing to lament over. Everyone should understand that this material body is different from the spirit soul. And so long as one does not come to that understanding, he is sure to accept the processes of transmigration from one body to another. So you should accept the death of your children. My dear sister Devaki, you are so gentle and kind. Please excuse me. Don't be aggrieved by the death of your children, which I have caused. Actually, this was not done by me. Because... <laughs> Because all of these are predestined activities. One has to act according to the predestined plan, even unwillingly. He was actually unwilling to kill those children. People misunderstand that within, with the end of the body, the self dies. Or they think that one can kill another living entity. 
All these misconceptions oblige one to, to accept the conditions of material existence. In other words, as long as one is not firmly convinced of the eternality of the soul, one is subjected to the tribulation of being killer and killed. My dear sister Devaki and brother-in-law Vasudev, kindly excuse the atrocity as I have committed against you. I am very poor-hearted and you are so great-hearted. So take compassion upon me and excuse me. While Kungsa was speaking to his brother-in-law and sister, tears flowed from his eyes, and he fell down at their feet. Believing the words of Durga Devi, whom he tried to kill, Kungsa immediately released his brother-in-law and sister. He personally unlocked the iron shackles and very sympathetically showed his friendship to his family members. When Devaki saw her brother so repentant, she also became pacified and forgot all his atrocious activities against her children. Vasudev, also forgetting all past incidents, sp spoke smilingly to his brother-in-law. Vasudev told Kungsa, My dear fortunate brother-in-law, what you are saying about the material body and the soul is correct. Every living entity is born ignorant, misunderstanding this material body to be his self. This conception of life is due to ignorance, and on the basis of this ignorance, we create enmity or friendship. Lamentation, jubilation, fearfulness, envy, greed, illusion, and madness are different features of our material con concept of life. A person influenced like this engages in enmity only due to the material body. Being engaged in such activities, we forget our eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vasudev took the opportunity of Kungsa's benevolence and informed him that his atheistic activities were also due to this mis misconception of life, namely taking the material body to be the self. When Vasudev talked with Kungsa in such an illuminating way, Kungsa became very much pleased, and his guilt for killing his nephew subsided. With the permission of his sister Devaki and brother-in-law Vasudev, he returned to his home with a relieved mind. So. They know, but they don't know. Some, somehow or another. Um, <laughs> and all of us are the same way, you know. We're all we know things and we don't know them. So that's why we practice every day. I was thinking we're going to see a lot of people come to Janvashtami, and some of them ever. You know, really puffed up that they are just like us. I even heard a woman tell us the other night. She comes to the restaurant a lot, and she always comes to our festivals. We never see her other times. You know, never seen her morning program. Never seen her chanting Hare Krishna. Never seen her Bhagavatam class. But anyway, she she wanted to tell all of us, inform us that there's another Janmashtami going on at the 
Um, the desert, desert ashram. I think it's different. It's a, she said it's a Hindu temple, but it's the leader there is somebody named Swami Jyoti. Yeah. Oh, is he? Because he's big as life on the internet. If you look at, you know, I looked it up out of curiosity. Because she said she was telling me yeah, they're just like you, you know, they're they're very, very strong in their meditation, their silent meditation. She said. Who is saying? This woman who comes, she'll be here on Janmashtami, and she's, I didn't want to name her really. Western Indian? She's a Western, of course. They dress in white. They have a nice area over there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, this person was telling me you might want to go. You know, the devotees might want to go to that Janmashtami also. It's on a different day. I think they're celebrating on Sunday. So. Uh, oh. Huh. Okay. So anyway. Our practice is different. You know, we're, we're trying to follow us what Srila Prabhupada has given us. And we don't do it just one day a year. We do it every day. And so, I mean, you know, we're, from what I can see, devotees, really sincere devotees of Srila Prabhupada, we're actually afraid of material energy a little more than others. They think that, you know, they can live in the material energy and do a little janmashtami and things. And it's, you know, the same as what we are doing. It's not the same, <laughs> actually. So anyway, we, we can run. And when they come and, and we're having kirtan in the temple room or we're having a talk about Krishna and they're sitting out at the pond in the yogi pose doing silent meditation, you know, it's... So uh, they're missing opportunity. <laughs> to associate with devotees and hear from the devotees. This is a, they come here, they recognize this is a, it's a holy place, a tirta, you know. And just like Srila Prabhupada says, when you come, go to a holy place, you should hear from the people there. Don't just, you know, take a bath, do, do other, other things. Okay, so the next paragraph. Sorry to divert so much there. So, uh, Kungsa was able to return to his, even though he'd just been severely defeated by the baby and chastised, he returned to his home with a relieved mind after associating with Vasudeva and Devaki. But the next day, Kungsa called all his counselors together and narrated to them all the incidents that had happened the night before. All the counselors of Kungsa were demons and eternal enemies of the demigods. So they became depressed upon hearing their master speak of the night's events. And although they were very much experienced or learned, I'm sorry, although they were not very much experienced or learned, they began to give instructions to Kungsa as follows. Dear sir, let us now make arrangements to kill all children who were born 
within the last 10 days in all towns, counties, villages, and pasturing grounds. Let us execute this plan indiscriminately. We think that the demigods cannot do anything against us if we perform these atrocities. <laughs> they are always afraid of fighting with us. And even if they wish to check our activities, they will not dare to do so. Because of your immeasurable strength, <coughs> they fear your, your bow. Indeed, we have practical experience that whenever you stood to fight with them and began to shower your arrows on them, they immediately fled in all directions just to save their lives. Many of the demigods were unable to fight with you, and they immediately surrendered themselves unto you by loosening their turbans and the tufts of hair on their heads. With folded hands, they begged you to spare them and said, My Lord, we are all afraid of your strength. Please release us from this dangerous fight. We have also seen many times that you would never kill such surrendered fighters when they were all fearful, their bows, arrows, and chariots broken, forgetful of their, material, their military activities and unable to fight with you. So actually we have nothing to fear from these demigods. We are very proud of being great fighters in peacetime outside the war field. I'm sorry. Man. They are very proud of being great fighters in peacetime outside of the war field, but actually they cannot show any talent or military power on the war field. Although Lord Vishnu, Lord Shiva, and Lord Brahma are always ready to help the demigods headed by Indra, we have no reason to be afraid of them. As far as Lord Vishnu is concerned, he has already hidden himself within the heart of, hearts of all living entities. He cannot come out. As far as... <laughs> that's a... <laughs> That's a good one. He's inside. He can't come out, so we don't have to worry about him. It's called philosophy. Philosophy. That's nice. As far as Lord Shiva is concerned, he has renounced all activities. He has already entered into the forest. And Lord Brahma is always engaged in different types of austerities and meditation. What to speak of Indra, he is a straw in comparison to your strength. Therefore, we have nothing to, to fear from any of these demigods. But we must not neglect him, for the demigods are our determined enemies. We must be careful to protect ourselves, to root them out from their very existence. We should just engage ourselves in your service and be always ready at, for your command. Demons continue to say, if there is some disease in the body which is neglected, it worsens and becomes incurable. Similarly, when one is not careful about restraining the senses and lets them loose, it is then very difficult to control them. Therefore, we must now be, we must now be very careful of the demigods before they get too strong to be subdued. The foundation of the strength of the demigods is Lord Vishnu, because the ultimate goal of all religious principles is to satisfy him. The Vedic injunctions, the brahmanas, the cows, austerity, sacrifices, performance of charity and distribution of wealth are all for the satisfaction of Lord Vishnu. So let us immediately begin by killing all the brahmanas who are in charge of the Vedic knowledge, along with the great sages who are in charge of the sacrificial ritualistic performances. Let us kill all the cows, which are the source of butter. My goodness. 
which is so necessary for performing sacrifices. Please give us your permission to kill all these creatures. Pretty amazing. These are his counselors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who are <laughs> Who have not much intelligence or knowledge. Can I say? With these anyway. <laughs> Advisors. Actually the limbs of the transcendental oh, wait a minute. Actually, the limbs of the transcendental body of Lord Vishnu are the Brahmanas, the cows, the Vedic knowledge, austerity, truthfulness, sense and mind control, faithfulness, charity, tolerance, and performance of sacrifices. Lord Vishnu is situated in everyone's heart and is the leader of all demigods, including Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. Therefore, we think that to persecute the great sages and Brahmanas is to kill Lord Vishnu. Thus, being advised by his demoniac ministers, Kangsa, who was from the very beginning the greatest rascal, decided to persecute the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, being entrapped by the shackles of all-devouring eternal time. He ordered the demons to harass all kinds of saintly persons, and then he entered his house. The adherents of Kungsa were all influenced by the mode of passion, as well as illusion by the mode of ignorance, and their only business was to create enmity with saintly persons. Such activities can only reduce one's duration of life. The demons accelerated the process and invited their deaths as soon as possible. The result of persecuting saintly persons is not only untimely death. The act is so offensive that the perpetrator also gradually loses his beauty, his fame, his religious and his religious principles, and thus his promotion to higher planets is checked. Driven by various kinds of mental concoctions, the demons diminish all kinds of auspiciousness. An offense at the lotus feet of the devotees and the brahmanas is a, is a greater offense than that committed at the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A civilization that commits such sinful activities generally loses all faith in the Supreme Lord, and such a godless civilization becomes a source of all calamities in human society. Anybody have any comments? Reading that last line, I was trying to just think of all the calamities in human society that are going on now. You know, I read that last night. Oh, go ahead, Luigi. You want to say something? Oh, because I'm, I'm a, you know, big materialistic-minded person and read the internet news. I saw that. Uh, a police officer had been sentenced to 15 years for killing a 15-year-old black child. And uh, he apparently shot some young kids who were having a party. And they were late at night. Someone called the police and said, they're making a bunch of racket late at night. You know, please come and do something about this. I don't know if they were all African-American or they, it said it was a suburban neighborhood. So as the police came, this car was had some teenagers in it and it was driving away. I don't know if they ordered them to stop or whatnot. They, I think they did. But this, one of these um, police officers or sheriff's deputy or something 
got out with a rifle and fired into this into the windows of this car and killed this 15 year old little boy and shot him in the head and uh, <clears throat> they showed a picture of him he's super sweet looking young kid and so I guess the trial's been going on this was I don't know how long ago this happened but it's probably a long trial and you know it's really you know what to do but uh, so they sentenced him to 15 years and who knows what will happen actually to That's him, you know, but huh? That's all? Yeah. Homicide. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, so many amazing things happening now. It's it's a godless civilization, you know, and our leaders are godless. There's nobody up there talking about God or trying to figure out what what we should do. I mean, you know, with with respect to a supreme person. <laughs> Were you going to say something? Probably? Yeah, there's one thing that's not mentioned there in the narration, but it's mentioned elsewhere. When Vasudeva was carrying Krishna across the Jamuna, the Jamuna was raging, mm -hmm. and the hunt chased the hook over his head, and he's really being careful, and he's got Krishna's hand, and he drops Krishna into the river. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that. You got Krishna. By the way, as Mother Sandamani was speaking about, you know, how God consciousness is there still in some form in a lot of people. Um, I was thinking about this 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 uh, officer that got sentenced. He also was telling lies before. You know, he, he doesn't believe that there's anybody, you know, watching these things. So he, he tried to say that well, we were endangered because the car that these kids was in backed up towards us, you know, and that's why I shot. And I believed that my partner was in danger of his life. That's why I had to fire my weapon. So they had a, a dash cam, and they saw in there that actually there was no backing up of the car. The car was started in it, and it proceeded away from the officers. 
so that was a lie and then they asked for the testimony of the partner were you at any time in fear of the danger of your life and he said no I was never in fear of my life so there was no reason for this guy to execute the people in the, in the, in the car like that could have shot in the tires could have shot in the air and scared them just to see I mean any so many things but or they could have chased them or something but uh, so it's obviously a civilization where we see people you know they don't believe there's any witnesses you can bear false witness in a court courtroom mm -hmm. you know that's that's really those things are uh, you know there's special hells for people that do these things mm -hmm. apparently if you read <laughs> the, 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 the desk it's 8.52, anyone have any other things or should we stop? Or? Hmm. We have a leader who said, I could stand up in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any support. That's what he said before he oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> He's still trying to see well, that through. What was he referring to? I could shoot somebody. Why would he do that? Why would he say that? In other words, he said he I can get away with murder. I can get away with murder, oh. literally. I'm above the law. I'm above. I'm God. He sure I'm a humble beast. After he was elected, he said that. No. Before. Oh, oh, before. Hmm. You have to explain <laughs> that to me. I'm never. <laughs> yeah, people are just want their sense gratification. They, he told them that he was going to build the wall and stop the Mexicans coming. And they, I'm for this guy. America, I don't care what he says. I don't care about his personal life. I don't care if he's truthful. Huh? Is there anybody captured in war is not heroes? <laughs> Anyone what? Anybody captured in the war is not a hero. He's not, not a American hero. hero. Yeah, he's, uh, he prefers people talking about McCain. Yeah. I preferred people who were not captured. He was that what an insult. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he, so he McCain was so pitiful he was captured. You know, he's, it's all really messed up. Really, really messed up. <laughs> anyway. Krishna Book Ki Jai. Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai.